This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Molly Campbell, Vice President of Editorial Affairs, Editor-in-Chief of Becker's Healthcare, who talks to us regularly about issues that she's watching in the world of healthcare. Molly, let me tee it up and ask you to take it away. What are a couple of stories that you're following closely as we get into the start of the year? Yeah, thanks, Scott. So at Becker's last week, we just reported on the first hospital merger that was called off uh, January 5th. Essentia Health and Marshfield Clinic Health System ended their efforts to combine. They would have formed a 25 regional health system with footprints in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and North Dakota. So four states. The systems really pointed to finances for the reason to end their merger pursuit. Basically, they said that regulatory approval didn't have much weight here. It didn't really hinge on this decision. But what instead happened was they, quote, chose not to move forward with the proposed integration. Um, They decided that a combination at this time was not the right path forward. Later on, a spokesperson for Essentia followed up with us at Becker's, just saying that they had received some questions about whether Marshfield's financial situation drove the decision. They confirmed that was the case. Marshfield had a operating margin of negative 5.4. That was in early 2023. Um, It has moved to cut some employee pay. It's suspended for a 1K employer match. Um, Also, it it reduced pay for executives. And then Essentia just barely broke even. So really, you know, that's not necessarily a a strong financial performance either. So um, these two organizations abandoned their merger pursuit. A couple other noteworthy ones, Scott, I just want to note for listeners, the past several months, some big ones have been called off too. So Presbyterian Healthcare Services in New Mexico, UnityPoint in Iowa, they called off their planned $11 billion merger in October. Um, Looks like they were trying to do that cross-regional arrangement that they abandoned. And then South in South Dakota, Sanford Health and Fairview Health Services in Minnesota halted their efforts to merge uh, in July. They would have formed a 50 hospital system. So we'll continue to keep an eye on this. You know, the FTC has been active. Some of these decisions to abandon merger come after FTC involvement. It's also just a really tough time for big ticket deals to materialize meaningful synergies or earnings growth industry-wide. So we'll we'll keep an eye on this and, and continue to report if deals are either made or abandoned like this one. But this was an early marker for us, Scott. No, thank you so much. And it's a fascinating time because I do speak to more and more hospital leaders of great systems that say they're more focused on better, not necessarily bigger. So I had a chance to speak with one of the best CEOs, one of the best systems in the country last week. And his perspective was really, look, we're interested in being better and and we're already very big, maybe eight to ten billion, but we don't think we have to be twenty to thirty billion to be better. We just have to be better. And I think that's a perspective that's very important because some of these mega set of systems could get very spread out and not necessarily get better because it's hard to maintain the quality throughout a mega mega system and, and to really actually get better and implement things across systems. So it's it's a fascinating balance there. It really is. Tell us, Molly, what else are you watching besides some of the these hospital mergers falling apart? What else is top of mind? A couple other developments, and then kind of a perspective. And Scott, I would love for your voice on that one too, the perspective piece at the end. But 
finance's primary driver behind systems decisions to pursue or abandon mergers. And right now, it seems like hospital finances are just kind of a messy story. They don't have clean edges um, for us as, as reporters. And so it's something we're continually trying to get our arms around. But just this week, a, a new analysis from KFF came out based on S&P data. It looked at slightly more than half of the nonprofit hospitals in the country, finding 73% of them in 2022 had at least strong days of cash on hand. So that's 150 to 200 days if you're a system, 160 days to 205 days if you're a standalone hospital. 9% of hospitals had vulnerable or highly vulnerable levels of cash on hand in 2022. That's 110 days or fewer. And this analysis came out, it suggests that operating margins, which are really the primary metric and how we communicate financial health for hospitals, don't really tell the whole story here. Um, they suggested that cash on hand be something that was discussed more to inform policymakers. Um, at, at the same time, this analysis was released. You've got the AHA writing to House Speaker Mike Johnson, Senate Majority Chuck Schumer, uh, urging Congress to eliminate Medicaid DSH cuts, also urging them to reject proposals to expand site-neutral payment cuts, pointing to the Medicare shortfalls hospitals are facing with 82 cents for every dollar of hospital care provided. So we've seen this before, Scott. There's this overarching sense of a lot of skepticism about hospital finances. You saw the argument over and over again at a state and national level that hospitals use pandemic aid to enrich themselves. Um, now we continue to see that there's missing data points, almost as though the complete story isn't being told. And I'm I'm all in favor of more data. If it's cash on hand, great. Let's make sure that we are visiting that data point. But I also think when we look at this Congress, I just don't see much hope. I don't think it's a, a matter of missing data points. Um, you look at bills in the Senate right now to increase penalties for people who assault or attack healthcare workers. Nothing has happened there. You look at their pursuits to explore the effects of private equity in healthcare. Um, you've also got just rural hospital closures, which has been completely unproductive. So it's an embarrassingly unproductive Congress. I think policymaking in Washington, it would be even slower this year, given it's a pres presidential election year. But it's just it's just a weird time. It's just like there's this a, a lot of scrutiny about hospital finances. Congress is kind of disinterested in it completely. And then it seems as though sometimes nonprofit hospitals especially are approached in the wider media as not telling the complete story. Um, so I'm curious what you think, because reporting on this, it, it just there seems to be some things that are disjointed. Yeah, no, I would say three or four things. One is that hospital margins are certainly just a little bit better in 23 than 22. And I saw some reports, they look a little bit better this year. But again, they're very challenging. At the end of the day, America and our country relies on hospitals and health systems, and those margins are very, very challenging. Uh, the, the, the second thing I'd say about Congress, it, absolutely, Congress is in a very challenging spot. They're trying to control deficits. They've got at least parts of Congress are trying to control deficits. Everything's very expensive. Uh, it's very hard for Congress to get together anything except for that is like the most important thing. Both parties are very guilty of constantly trying to pile different things onto bills. So that's done as a standalone. Uh, the third thing I would say about Congress and healthcare and politicians in healthcare is periodically healthcare becomes a real lightning rod for discussion. And then it seems to die away once the campaigns are over. That certainly seems what happened in 2000. 
2020, and we'll see what happens in 2024. But yes, since the election 2020, there's been so little discussion of healthcare in total. I, I think the reality of, of not-for-profit health systems is they're so important to the backbone of America, and, and they are sort of barely above water, and certainly in a lot of rural areas, they are not. The, the fifth thing I'll note is the private equity issue, I think, is a red herring. I think it's a small part of the overall picture. Uh, the, the private equity is just a different method of financing. If there's guilt in private equity, it, it's probably in the effort to over leverage things, too much debt. And we did a piece on this the other day. High debt and low margin businesses is a bad combination, but to, to call private equity employees three to 5% off physicians, it's an overall small part of the for-profit hospital community. It's obviously not part of the not-for-profit hospital community. Optum is not a private equity firm. It's a, it's a public company, so it doesn't count in that. And Optum, you know, Optum United employ 7 8% of all physicians, but this notion of private equity is fun to go after because it doesn't, it's easy for Congress and others to go after, but it's somewhat meaningless in the big picture thing. It's just, for me, it's just a financing game. And, and if the guilt is there, it's an over leveraging themselves. But lots of public companies do that, lots of not for profits do that, that as well. But yeah, no, there's a lot there. I, I do think at the end of the day, the margins are a little bit better, but long term, hospital margins, healthcare margins are really troubled because there's just not enough doctors and nurses and people to staff the labor of these things, and that's going to drive up the labor costs and continue to keep labor moving in the, in the expensive direction. Molly, thank you so much for joining us again on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. So much there, and I always appreciate your insight. It's fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Scott. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.